Hello, and welcome to The Lucy Lou Show, the fueling station for your mind, business, and life. And now, here's your host, Lucy Lou. Hello, hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to episode 125. This is your coach, LL. I hope you're having a blissful day wherever you are in the world. Loss and betrayals can bring us awakening. It's funny how sometimes the people you take a bullet for are the ones behind the trigger. It's unfortunate. The saddest thing about betrayal is that it never comes from your enemies, but instead they always come from loved ones and friends. But then again, even in the unfortunate events of having experienced a betrayal, it is an opportunity for us to awaken and bring us to new heights. My guest today, Dr. Debbie Silber, is a holistic psychologist, health mindset speaker, author, and mentor, helping people heal from post-betrayal syndrome. Yep, it's a real thing because unhealed betrayal impacts your health, relationships, work, and life. So it's important for you in all areas of your life and business to make sure you have healed from past betrayals. So without further ado, here's Dr. Debbie Silber. Welcome to the show, Debbie. Oh, thank you so much. Looking forward to our conversation. So Dr. Debbie, tell us about betrayal. Why does it hurt? Yeah. You know, it's betrayal is a unique experience because, you know, think about it. This was the person or these were the people who gave us a sense of safety and security. So when this is the person or these are the people to shatter that very sense of safety and security, it's traumatizing. Yeah. So how does it impact us? It impact it really impacts us on every level, physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. And that's why when people just try to heal, let's say through therapy or something, I mean, it's wonderful if the therapist is highly skilled in helping someone heal through betrayal, but if not, it's, it can actually do more harm than good. It, we really need to work on every level because they're all impacted. And that was actually one of the discoveries I made during my study on betrayal. One of the discoveries was that there's actually this collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal. It's known as post-betrayal syndrome. We've had probably 45,000 people take the quiz on our site to see to what extent they're struggling. And I mean, the statistics are staggering. It's not like 40%, 30%. I mean, there are statistics in the, in the 80s, some even in the 90s about you know, who's struggling to heal physically, mentally, and emotionally. So you talked about what post-betrayal syndrome is, but how Mm. do we know if we have it? Yeah. You, You know, betrayal affects our health. It affects us in relationships, in work, in inner health. And here's an example. Like I'll see it in relationships in one of two ways. The first way is in repeat betrayals. You know, the faces change, but it's the same thing. We keep going from partner to partner to partner or friend to friend to friend. And we think, you know, what the heck is it me? Yes, it is. Not in that it's your fault, in that it's your opportunity to learn something so profound, like that maybe you are lovable, worthy, deserving, realize that already, or you need better boundaries in place, whatever it is. And until and unless you get that, you will have opportunities in the form of people 
to teach you. You know, the other way we see it in relationships is where people put that big wall up. They're like, nope, no one's getting near me again. And we think it's coming from a place of strength. It's not, it's coming from fear. So in relationships specifically, that's how we know we're struggling. And then, you know, in health, you could be going to the most well-meaning doctors, coaches, healers, therapists to manage a stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. And at the root of it is an unhealed betrayal. Uh, Or we see it in work too. You know, someone deserves that razor promotion. They want it, but their confidence was shattered. So they don't have the confidence to ask and they're bitter and resentful instead, or they want to be a team player, collaborative partner, JV partner, but the person they trusted the most proved untrustworthy. So how do they trust that boss, that coworker? So it shows up everywhere. Mm. So in order to heal those betrayals from the past, what are some stages that you actually have to go through to break that barrier of betrayal? That was actually the third discovery. And this for me was the most exciting. And what we learned was while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and many of us do, if we're going to fully heal, we're going to move through five now proven predictable stages. And what's even more exciting about that is we even know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every one of those stages. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. So healing truly is predictable. And I'm happy to move, to go through the five stages if that would help. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it's completely mapped out in trust again. It's what we teach within the PBT Institute. It's what our coaches are certified. And I'm going to give you the five stages right here. So the first is like a setup stage. And if you can imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with everybody, what me too, was a real heavy lean on the physical and the mental thinking and doing, and not really prioritizing the emotional and the spiritual, the feeling and being right. So imagine a table with only two legs, easy for that table to topple over. And that's us. Stage two, this is by far the scariest of all of the stages. And this is shock, trauma, uh, D-Day, Discovery Day. And it's the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. So right here, you've ignited the stress response. You're headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete state of chaos and overwhelm. You can't wrap your mind around what you just learned. Makes no sense. And your worldview has just been shattered. Your worldview is your mental model your, that, that prevents chaos that governs you. And in one earth-shattering moment or series of moments, every rule you've known to be real and true is no longer. The bottom is truly bottomed out on you. Uh, and it's terrifying. But think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, you know what would you do? You'd grab hold of anything you could to stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three, survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of all of the stages. If you can't help me get out of my way, you know, how do I survive this experience? Who can I trust? How do I feed my kids? Here's the trap though. Most, this is by far stage three, the most common stage to get stuck in. And here's why. Once you figured out how to survive, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where you just came from, we think it's good. And because we don't know there's a stage four or stage five, we don't know there's anywhere else to go. So we start planting roots here. We're not supposed to, but we don't know that. And four things happen. The first thing is we start getting all of these little small self benefits. You know, we get sympathy from other people. We get our story. We get to be right. We get someone to blame, you know, all those kind of things. And so we plant deeper roots here. We're not supposed to again, but we don't know that. And now because you're here longer than you should be, the mind starts doing things like, well, maybe you deserved it. 
maybe you're not all that great, you know, this and that. And so you plant deeper roots. And now, because these are the thoughts you're thinking, and this is the energy you have, like energy attracts like energy. So now all of a sudden, people and places and circumstances and relationships are showing up to confirm, yep, this is where you belong. And, and so you plant deeper roots and it gets worse, but I'll get you out of here because it feels so bad, but we don't know there's anywhere else to go right here is where we start using food, drugs, alcohol, you know, work, TV, whatever it is, and to numb, avoid and distract ourselves from what's so painful to feel our face. So think about it. You do that for a day, a week, a month. Now it's a habit, a year, 10 years, 20 years. And I can see someone 20 years out and say, you know, that emotional eating you're doing or that drinking you were doing or that numbing in front of the TV, do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like I'm crazy. And they'd say, it happened 20 years ago. But do you see? All they did was put themselves in stage three and stay there. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So you want me to finish with the stages? Yes, please. Sure. So if you're willing to let go of those small self-benefits, grieve, mourn the loss, a few things you need to do, you move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. So here's where you acknowledge, I can't undo my experience, but I control what I do with it. I, you know, when you've made that decision, you start turning down the stress response. Now you're not healing just yet, but at least you stopped the massive damage you had been causing in stages two and stage three. And, you know, I always use the example of if you were to move to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, you don't take everything with you. You know, you don't take the things that don't represent who you want to be when you're in that new space. And what I found was if your friends weren't there for you, right here is where you've outgrown them. You don't take them with you. And people say to me all the time, you know, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. And if they don't rise, they don't come. It happens all the time. So if you're wondering, why am I losing all my friends recently? Good, good chance this is why. Anyway, when you've made stage four cozy, you've made it home, you're okay with it you move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. So here, the body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. Now you do. Your mind is healing. You're making new rules. You're making new boundaries based on the road you just traveled. And you have a new worldview based on what you see so clearly now. And the four legs of the table, in the beginning, it was all about the physical and the mental, by this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Ooh, wow. Thank you so much <laughs> for sharing all that knowledge. That was a beautiful way to put into perspective the exact stages that you go through. I think mm -hmm. most of us have been through a betrayal of some form in our lives, right? But we don't really think about if we have healed or not from those experiences. So how do we know exactly if we have or have not healed from those betrayals? You know, there's, that was actually the third discovery that betrayal is very different than other life crises. Uh, death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster. You know, originally I was studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth. And post-traumatic growth is like, Kind of if you imagine an upside of trauma, how whatever the trauma is, it leaves you with a new awareness, insight, perspective that you didn't have. But I had been through death of a loved one. I'd actually been through disease. And I was like, no, betrayal feels different for me. But I didn't want to assume 
that it was the same experience for all of my study participants. So I asked them and I said, if you've been through other traumas besides betrayal, is it different for you? Hands down unanimously, they were like, oh my gosh, it's so different. And here's why with, let's say you lose someone you love, you know, you grieve, you're, you're sad, you mourn the loss. You don't necessarily take it personally. Betrayal feels so personal. So the entire self is shattered. Rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust. So it didn't quite qualify as post-traumatic growth. So I I coined a new term, post-betrayal transformation. When you completely rebuild your life and yourself after an experience with betrayal, you're in this place of post-betrayal transformation. So in a very long way to answer your question, when you've rebuilt the self as well as your life, that's how you know you've healed. So when you've, you know, recreated this new version of you that never would have had the opportunity to exist if it didn't happen and, you know, your life, it's, um, that's how you know you've healed. Thank you. So you talked about self-worth and I believe one of the biggest problems with betrayals is that it's hard to trust again, right? Especially with someone close to you or a partner that you work with. So Mm -hmm. how do we learn to trust again? Yeah. And I mean, I wrote the book trust again, just for this reason. It is so hard. And people ask me all the time, they say, can trust be repaired? I say, no, can it be rebuilt? Yes, but it's a, it's a big job. And the way I look at trust is trust is like a, to me, it's like a brick wall. And I look at the building of trust is think about a brick wall. The only way I know a brick wall to be built is brick by brick by brick. Right. And now imagine trust the same way, every opportunity someone has to show that they're trustworthy. Well, that's one brick in that brick wall, right? So it can take time for that brick wall to be built. And then now imagine in one earth shattering moment or series of moments, the entire brick wall can come tumbling down. Well, you can look at the at the rubble and say, I don't have the least bit of interest in watching that thing get rebuilt. It's totally fine. You know, you walk away. However, if you're willing and the, the, the person whose trust was shattered, that's the most we can expect of them to be willing if they want to, if they're willing to watch that brick wall be rebuilt, the person who shattered it has to be a really good bricklayer. And it goes up the only way it went up, you know, the first way, brick by brick by brick, every opportunity they have to show that they're trustworthy, one brick in that brick wall. But what so many people do is they're so upset, they're so hurt, they're so sad, they rush to trust again, and that brick wall hasn't been rebuilt. Or even worse, the person whose trust was shattered, they see that the person who shattered the brick wall isn't really doing much to rebuild it. And they're like, okay, I'll build it. You know, that doesn't work either. So it's, it's a process. Mm, Thank you. And I'm a big believer of how your biggest Christ reveals your greatest gift. I always say that my biggest hindrances in life all became my biggest assets. Mm -hmm. But along the way, we always self-sabotage. So in your experience, in the process of healing betrayal, what have you seen Mm -hmm. some of the sabotaging behaviors? Oh, there is such a link between betrayal and self-betrayal. I see this all the time where someone knows, like it's one thing if if the, the betrayer completely wakes up and says, you know, what the heck was I thinking and does everything humanly possible to right the wrong. And then you still, you don't have to do anything with that. But I see so many people who've been betrayed and the betrayer has no intention of doing anything about it. 
uh, to make that person feel any better or, you know, do anything uh, to, uh, they're not remorseful. They don't, you know, there's no, they, they, really nothing. And the person whose trust has been shattered and who's been betrayed, they keep going back for more. And that's self-sabotage there because, you know, it's, there's a, a profound lesson that needs to be learned. And I'm not for a second saying that we cause the betrayal. A person is responsible for their own actions for sure. But what I am saying is when you're repeatedly sticking around for that type of uh, behavior where there's no consequences whatsoever, that needs to be looked at. So how do we stop that? Yeah. Well, you know, the the first thing is you have to see it. And like, I'll tell you, there were three groups in my study who did not heal. And the group that uh, there was one group where the betrayer, this is to, to what I just spoke to, the betrayer had very little consequences. So whether it was out of financial fear, religious reasons, not wanting to break up a family, whatever it was, they just tried everything they could just to turn the other cheek. And I saw two things with this group. I saw a further deterioration of the relationship. And the second thing was this group by far was the most physically sick. So, you know, when you, when you realize that not only is your relationship only going downhill further, now you're on top of it, making yourself physically sick. And of course, mentally and emotionally, you can't be feeling good when this is going on. You want to take a look and say, why am I tolerating this? And what benefit am I getting out of this approach? Because, you know, if nothing changes, nothing changes. But so many people are so afraid of that complete and utter death and destruction of the old, but that's the only way to birth the new. Thank you so much for all your wisdom. So Dr. Silver, where can we find your work at? Oh, thank you. That really the best thing to do is take the healed or hardened quiz. You'll find out exactly what stage you're in. And you can just find that at healed or hardened quiz.com. Thank you. And is there a favorite quote that you go by in life? There is. This is something I started saying. It's my 30th year in business. I started saying it 30 years ago. It still applies and it applies to every topic. So I want to share it with everybody. And you may want to write this down. That's my way of saying, write this down. Ready? It's hard now, easy later. Easy now, hard later. Take your pick. It's going to be one of those two. And what I see with so many people is, easy now. That's the approach. Easy now. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to change hard later. It's still there versus hard now, you know, let's say healing from betrayal. This is deep dive, hard work, easy later. There's a version of themselves that will is waiting to show up that will blow their mind. Wow. I love that. That's beautiful. <laughs> and I think it applies to so many things in life. So many. I mean, you can even weight loss, right? Easy now. There are the cookies. I want them hard later. <laughs> uh oh, I can't button my pants, right? Hard now. You know, there are the cookies. I want them. I'll have the apple instead. Easy later. Woohoo. Look at me. You know, you take the topic. It doesn't matter. It applies. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. To all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Lucy Lou Show. When I'm not podcasting, I am coaching high achieving women in life transitions, getting unstuck, kissing overwhelmed goodbye, and living a more joyful and fulfilled life through strategic goal setting and mindset transformation. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe, rate, or share this with a friend. And don't forget to join me for the next episode. Remember, there is always a way and more blessings are coming your way. For free resources and show notes, head over to lucylucoaching.com. 